Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Set for Life Conversations, where we help you get your mind right and your money right by discussing life strategies for the everyday person. I'm your host, Thomas Lacoma, and each episode will spend some time with financial advisor, pastor, motivational speaker, published author, and former college athlete, George Thompson, as he shares with us wisdom that you can put into practice today. In today's episode, we'll get to know George a little better as he shares with us what Set for Life is and how he came up with the idea. Stay tuned and learn about how he helps people get more accomplished in 90 days than most people get done in a year. Hey, George. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, how you doing man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm <laughs> tired, man. I've, I've been seven to seven every day, man. Um, this CARES Act, man, ran out of money. And I've, I've been telling every pastor, make sure you fill this out. Make sure you fill this out so that everybody can get going and doing stuff like that. How you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, just got rid of the uh, straggly that I had going. <laughs> I was inspired by your post when I saw you cutting all your kids' hair and everything. <laughs> but but that's you know, and and that's that's a good that's a good point. That's something I I'd like for us to even even talk about is that you got to adjust. You know what I mean? Like, do you see when I grew out a beard and all that stuff, and I just then I. Cut it back down. I'm just cutting all the time, so I'll see mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, um, so uh, welcome everybody. We got George Thompson here. Uh, as you heard in the intro, uh, this is a man who wears a lot of hats. Uh, so I know this is the first episode, so I want you guys to get to know George a little bit. So my first question for you, George, is um, can you kind of share a little bit of your professional background and know all the different roles that you wear weren't always the case. So you kind of evolved into the, the, the major things that you do today. Right. That's a very good question. And also, uh, Thomas, just glad to be here. Uh, I started off in, in the financial industry by going to churches and, and teaching people. Like uh, I said, I'm going to show everybody how to be financially successful in one night. And I said, you take your money and best here and do this and that. And then someone said to me, well, wait a minute, we're in debt. I said, oh, okay, well, that's going to be two nights. And then I went through and showed them how to get out of debt. And they said, what about our credit? That's three nights. And then what happened was I started a series and I show people how to be financially successful. And that's how I actually started with my first book. It's called, it was called Millionaires in Training, where I taught people how to build and create wealth. So I am a financial advisor. I have been for over 20 years and teaching people about investing and then also managing their finances and being an investment advisor that deals in the area of investments, insurance, real estate, taxes, and estate planning. So I've been a financial advisor for, for over 20 years and helping people. And then also how I do it is I show you, I show you how to do it, but then also I'm doing the same thing. So I come right alongside with you. So you see that is uh, uh, in real estate and investing in all these areas. And I show you how to do it. And then also, uh, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor at yeah. uh, Faithful Central Bible Church under the direction of Bishop Kenneth Almer for over 16 years as well. And then previous to that, uh, West Angeles Church with Bishop Charles Blake. And um, I was a minister, a licensed minister there. And that's where I, that's where I started So as a, as a pastor. So I, I, I enjoy teaching people the biblical principles of what the Bible says. And and doing it. And third hat is I'm a coach. I, I I have one drawback though. 
I want people to be more successful than they do sometimes, I think, it just mm-hmm. in coaching people. And I think one of the important parts about being a coach is I want you to be able to see my life as I'm living. So you see how important family is to me in areas. Mm-hmm. So I'm showing people how to do certain things. Like, like they'll, they'll see how I, um, with my kids, how I teach them finances by living it out. Yeah. And I'm just happily married, uh, love my wife. And it's just, I'm just really about family and showing people how to do it through being yeah. a financial advisor, through, through all the things I do at the church and what the, Bible, what the Bible says, and then just coaching people along through it. Yeah, I think um, we've actually known each other over 10 years, probably, going on to like 15 years, I think. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, I remember uh, one of the things that just listening to you talk is, um, I think one of the things that you do really well is finances is something that's fraught with like a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. And uh, one of the things that you're great with is the way that you use humor and practical examples so that people can kind of see how they can make a few steps forward and kind of start changing their situation rather than just being overwhelmed and standing still. Because uh, that's one of the things I remember when you came uh, to our church in New Jersey, that was the first time I ever saw you speak. And I, I still remember to this day, it was the first time I ever heard of the debt multiplier. And at that time, we were dealing with a lot of credit card debt and all this stuff. And we're, we were like uh, paralyzed at that point. And that idea of just kind of taking it one step at a time, getting rid of one thing, and then the next thing and working your way through, that basically helped us to get out of that hole. Um, so I, I definitely see the power of these simple. They seem simple, but when you actually do them, it, it makes a difference. It's so interesting that you say that, Tom, is that, you know, my first book, Millionaires in Training, was, was written on how to have a budget. And then it was actually two books in one. It showed you how to have a budget, mm-hmm. how to get out of debt, how to save the money to get out of debt, mm-hmm. and then how to get your credit cleaned up. Then it went into how to invest and investing and all those areas. But so it was like two books in one. And this is the thing about, about finances is. There's so much before there wasn't any information. You had to go to someone to find it. Now there's so much information out there, out there. You don't know mm-hmm. what to do. So what I've done, what I've always, what I'm always trying to do is I'm always trying to figure out how to practically get it, you to do it mm-hmm. so that you can achieve success. That's what separate life is really about. Yeah. That's about showing you how to do it your way. Because mm-hmm. one of the things I think that people do is they try to tell them, show you how to do it their way. Yeah. And then people find out that that doesn't work. So you just have practical step, steps. Yeah. If you remember, I do also something called a financial fast where we say, let's not eat out. So the first thing that I do is I have you get a prosperity jar where you go out and get a jar and you just start putting your prosperity in it. So what we do is all the money you would have wasted, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say waste. I'm sorry, spend on something else that <laughs> you start putting into the jar. You yeah. know, I meant that when I said waste. Yeah. Um, for example, you know, people worship vending machines, right? You know, you put your money in, then you bow down and get the, get the money out. Instead, <laughs> you don't do vending machines. You just put the money in a prosperity jar. My children, we don't buy drinks at restaurants, you know, like the, the sodas and everything like that. And we take the money we would do like that. And we, we buy, we used to buy mutual funds, which we do do that. But then also what I really do is I buy them homes and I want them to show, you know, there's practical little things that you can do. Mm-hmm that will help you reap benefits, but you, you have to believe and you walk through them. And, and, and I just, I love that. That's why I show it. And that's one of the things yeah. we want to make sure we're doing is walking through it. Because again, like I said, I want you to be more successful 
than almost you do. So all yeah. I want you to do is just us to be committed. Then one other point, you talked about um, freezing. You said that some people freeze. And um, I watched something uh, when my children were very small. Uh, the twins were very small. And I used to be up, you know, you're up all the time with twins, you know. And they showed something on the um, on, on television. And they were showing Navy SEALs. And they were showing how they work out Navy SEALs. And they were showing them how they were trying to do drown proofing, where they would just go out and they'd be in the water and they'd just keep going in the water. And the person would say, just get out, just quit. You can just quit. And they, they would call it hell week, but, but actually they were just training Navy SEALs to see who would make the cut. Mm -hmm. and, and they just kept showing them. Then they would show them carrying uh, a kayak or they would show them carrying a small boat and there'd be, uh, it was an inflatable raft and they would be carrying it uh, in groups of 12 and they'd be running up and down the beach with full gear on. And then whoever came in last, they would have to keep, they'd have to keep running and running and running. And they'd be awake 20 hours. And I was like watching this. And they loaded them how to, how to load their weapons and how to take them apart, and how to put them back together. They were just doing all this stuff. Then they had a vice admiral of the Navy stand up and say, many people think this is cruel and unusual punishment. Then they would show them doing all these things. Then I'll never forget, these two things they showed. Then they showed them taking apart they had them throw a flashbang in the middle of the night while they were sleeping. And they say, load your weapons, put your weapons back together in the middle, in the dark. <laughs> they are putting these weapons together and doing this stuff. Then they show this. I'll just never forget it. They show uh, that there's a, there's, a, there's a sergeant sitting on the boat right there in shorts. And then they show uh, two or three of the recruits sitting there. And then they're going, and then he, he go, they go out five miles out in San Diego. There's something called Coronado Island out here in San Diego. And they're out a couple miles, push them overboard and say, swim back. And the whole way they're swimming, he's saying, just quit. If you want to quit, you can come in here and you can go right back home. And they're like, and those guys are just swimming, have all their gear on, weapon, everything. Then they get back. Vice Admiral gets on. He says, many people think this is cruel and unusual punishment. But what happened when the first shots ring out during war, we call it the fog of war and people freeze. Mm. Then he made a statement I'll never forget. He said, more people have died in war from inactivity than activity. Mm. We train our soldiers so well that it's muscle memory. I've come back to muscle memory. It's muscle memory. They know what to do under any circumstances, whether it's raining, yeah. whether they're tired, whether they're sick, whether they're doing it, they can reload, they can do this because they don't, because we don't want to, we don't freeze. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That stuck with me, Thomas. Because yeah, and it's, it's interesting because that's a, a lot of the things to do with uh, success or money, anything like that, it just boils down to habits. And I remember reading about habits um, that, you know, people are always saying, I'm trying to get uh, this habit. I'm trying to gain that habit. What a lot of people don't realize is you already have a bunch of habits because um, you function on habits. So it's just a question of whether those habits are pointing you in the direction that you want to go. So when um, some of these changes that uh, you need to make in order to go in a particular direction, it's about identifying the couple of habits that'll take you the furthest until that thing is muscle memory, right? And, right. Then, you, and then you move on to another set of habits. Um, there's another thing that you talked about a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if everybody who's watching this knows, but um, you're the father of twins, and then you that's have correct. a little girl, and yes. you're married. Uh, so yes. that's another thing which I love is that um, you're 
you have a full life going on. <laughs> oh, yes. There, there so is when never... you're talking about, um, you know, how to fit things in, how to get things done, um, you know, we always, oh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Excellent. Georgie Grayson Alexander. Yeah. yeah and we have, um, I think one of the things, and I fall into this trap sometimes, it's, it's kind of busy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so busy that I can't do X or it's so busy that I can't do Y. And one of the things with our current situation with this whole uh, coronavirus um, situation is um, I think a lot of people are realizing that uh, when their life is paused and you actually have some extra time or you're not running around, um, those things which you were saying you couldn't do, are you actually doing them? And I had to ask myself that question with a couple of things. And it was a question of, you know what? That thing was not a priority for you because you're not, you're still not doing a nap. You know? right. right. So can you just talk a little bit about that? Like um, just uh, the busyness syndrome that we have sometimes. Right. Yes. So first of all, it's business. It's, it's, you know what? It's when I'm calling um, clients and also members of our church and, and different things, one of the questions I always, when I check in with them, I always just do a, I always do a check in with people. Just, hey, how are you doing? We're finding out, number one, people are working more now they are home than when they were at work. So um, actually in the morning, uh, me and also uh, my, one of my assistants, we, we, one of my, that we work with, we, we trade at the same time we would be commuting and driving with LA traffic. And we're doing it before the kids get up. So it's like we're, we're, the amount of time that people are working are mm -hmm. doing that. So there's a couple of things that we're also suggesting that people do right now is go back to having a schedule, have a schedule of what you're doing. Now people just get up and just kind of go through their day mm -hmm. doing from this to moving to that, to doing this. And that's getting on other people's agenda. So what we want to do is set our own agenda of what we want to do. And then we want to prioritize. So the first thing we want to do is have a plan. Uh, we've been telling everyone, um, and we've, I've been talking to pastors, everybody. The first thing you want to have is at least a 120-day plan. Mm -hmm. And we were saying that a month ago because everyone was saying, oh, we'll come back. This coronavirus will come back in a month or it's being extended two weeks here. It's being extended here. No, no, no. Just at least start with a four-month block. So the first thing you want to do is have a plan and then plan out to the end of the year. If you remember in Set for Life, we always do 90-day intervals. Mm -hmm. We always want to expand that out to at least 120 because we don't know when this will happen. But we want to make sure that we have a plan. So the first thing we want to do is we want to have a plan for what we're doing. And then also we want to prioritize. I mean, we want to have priorities to like what is important. And I just want to say this. I want people to look at this like it's an opportunity. This, in other words, this coronavirus, we can sit down and say, oh, look at all the bad things or things we're acting. But I actually look at all the opportunities. So the third P is going to be called pivot. We want to pivot to move to something that we want to do. Let me give you some examples. One of the greatest joys that I'm having now is, is that I'm able to eat breakfast with my children. So we're able to do that. You see, before I would, people, we'd get up in the morning, we would, um, everybody would bathe, get dressed. And you're all rushing. Eat breakfast. Like everybody's <laughs> trying to get out the door. We're going out the door. Seven, they're there. I come here. And we're, and then look, this all thing. I would come to school, come to, come to, um, we don't do homework. My children, we do not do homework. I would come to school at about four or we'd come there and then we would study. Someone remember that word. We don't do homework. We study. So there's a difference. Homework means you have to take something home. We actually studied at school mm -hmm. and then we would eat and then we'd go to either basketball practice, karate or um, ballet, whatever the thing. 
Then we come home, mm-hmm. bathe, read a book, and that's 8.30. So uh, it was very, very segmented. Now we eat dinner together. My wife commutes to a job. like So we now can eat dinner together. Um, also, I'm raising my hand, and then also maybe we can put some pictures on here. What what I love right now is I play basketball with my I, – I do physical. I'm the math teacher, by the way. I'm the math teacher, and I'm the, <laughs> and I'm the physical educator. I'm, I'm doing teacher. art. <laughs> your art? Okay, your art. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, hey, let us know what you're the teacher of, um, yeah. people with parents, um, in doing this. But one thing also with, with my kids is physical activity. I've never done this. I, I play – I do physical activity with them individually. In other words, like – I play with Georgie, then I play with Alexander, and I play with Grace. I, I, I change the order, but I play with them individually. I don't do them all as a group like I used to because I have the time now. I'm like, yeah, okay, while you're yeah. doing your math, come on down here, and we're doing it. So it's helping me, and it's bonding, and then I'm, I'm sewing into them. That was a great shot. That was good. Then you know, but I still got to keep on. T- you know, I got to stay on top. You know, mm-hmm. you keep going. One day you'll be as good as daddy. You know, I'm number one. I want you to be number two. <laughs> but then you know, I'm a t- I figure I got about another four years left of that before that's. <laughs> yeah, they got to catch up to you, right? Well, right. they, they got a, a lot of height to grow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> are you, George? You're yeah, like, I'm six four, but look, six four, yeah, right. <laughs> look, look, they're half. They're 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 over half my height. When the twins are eight, I was watching a movie and I was looking at their feet, and I was looking. We were watching a movie, and my wife, I, I leaned over to my wife, I said. Uh, honey, look at their feet. My gosh, they're half, they're over half my size and they're seven and eight years old. And then I was like, oh, I said, in about three years, I'm going to start being nice. I'm going to do the <laughs> democracy. <laughs> but it's just all be the same size, I right? Just, I just want to make sure I hit these though. Make yeah. sure we have a plan. Make mm-hmm. sure we prioritize and also be ready to pivot and don't freeze. That's yeah. what we're, that's yeah. what we're yeah, and I, I think the, the other thing I wanted to make sure we touch on, because uh, we've kind of mentioned it in passing, is uh, Set for Life. So uh, can you just give us a little bit of a history of what Set for Life is, how it came about, uh, what you've been doing with it, and how it's kind of evolved over time? Oh, yes. So um, when I was working in the financial industry, one of the things we, we learned was I started seeing a lot of coaching programs that would show you like, hey, this is how you double your business. This is, hey, this is how you get more business. But I I noticed that they hadn't had one that would show you how to make your life, your complete life better. In other words, like, yeah, you can do a whole bunch of sales or do much better in business, but then what about your family? So I didn't see there was a balanced way of doing all of them. Like, in other words, like if you work for a sales organization, someone will say, set these sales goals. Hey, if you have a, and they used to call them quotas. Um, now, now they say they're initiatives or whatever the term they use. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't ones for your whole life. There wasn't ones for health. There wasn't ones uh, for, for different areas. Mm-hmm. So then what I did was I just talked to, um, started talking to kind of other financial advisors. And I, and I said, uh, when I used to run in, in investment centers inside of banks, I used to kind of come to other financial advisors and they would ask me, they would say, George, how do you do this? Or how do you seem to manage all this stuff? And wait a second, Thomas, this is before I had kids. They said, we see you over here speaking. We see you over here doing this. We see you doing this. And you always look like you're having fun. I said, well, I live, I live a balanced life and I do things and I put them in four categories and I set every goal. Like someone say, I just set goals. I said, but we set them in four ways. Mm-hmm. The first is there has to be a desire. So we set goals with desire, focus, accountability, and consistency. So first is, the Bible says God will give you the desires of your heart. So there has to be a desire for you to achieve it. You know, we can talk all day about workouts, 
but and you know we can say what's better for you is it better to spin is it better to um is it better to work, jog is it better to um lift weights is it better to and uh do all the workouts zumba different things like that and i talked to professionals all over the world in every discipline and you know what they told me the best workout for you to do whichever one you will do that's the best workout yeah. Whichever one you'll do. I do not like running. I was in track. And Neither we, do I. We, 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 we did the speed events. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget. We were in high school. My brother played. My brother, my, my older brother, shout out to Daryl. My older brother played in um, uh, high school football, and he used to run for like 400 yards a game, like stuff like that. Then he eventually went to the University of Minnesota, the Green Bay Packers. We were in track, right? We'd run the 100 and the 200. And then they, one day the coach, we ran a mile, and we came in like, you know, like, like way late. And they go, the coach goes, are you mad that this little, this ninth grade younger woman, a younger girl had uh, had run past us? And she goes, are you guys going to let her outrun you guys? And said, hey, if she can beat us in the hundred, then that's an issue. But right now, <laughs> we, don't do, we don't do the, the long, long running. So the running, that was something we just didn't, 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 I just didn't appreciate, but just didn't like, but I like spinning. So find out what you like to do mm-hmm. and then do that. So first is desire. The second is there has to be a focus. In other words, how do you make it do what you want it to do? In other, mm-hmm. So like if we're saying we're going to work out, then the focus is we're going to do this um, a certain number of times or this is the workout we're going to do. And then there's something called accountability. There has to be a partner or someone that you're talking to right now to help you do that. Mm-hmm. And then the consistency. You have to do it time after time after time. So since we used running, uh, as an example, if we said to you, hey, I want you to run next year the L.A. Marathon, since you're also on the East Coast, you want to run the New York Marathon, what's the chances of that happening? It might be low. But if you said, if somebody said, hey, we're going to start having, calling you every day and um, checking in on you and doing that. And then now with social, di- you know, now what we're, what we're doing also is somebody showing up to help actually with you run. And then the third is, is having a workout regimen that include diet and food and doing everything. If everything is wrapped all in one, desire, focus, accountability, consistency, you can achieve all those goals. Yeah. So that's how, that's how set for life. Um, that's why, how it works, but actually how it started and how it evolved was I just started working with people. And then I found out what to, for them to name four or five of their goals and then just walk them through it to yeah. achieve it. I remember when I first uh, heard of set for life, it was basically a game. You basically gamified this whole idea and uh, we would set like a 90 day period. And then you had a partner that you were working with and the, it was almost a little bit, you had a little bit of competition to it so that people were trying to achieve something. I think over time as people, as technology changed and people's, the way people interact with each other changed, uh, we, you, you kind of evolved it into what you described now, where it's a set of principles, um, which you can apply in any situation and, you know, basically figure out how to take a goal and actually uh, get it done. I know one of the things you always talk about is execution mode. Uh, right. You can write out the best plan in the world, but if you never switch uh, your mindset into actually executing, that's when you have all those dead projects, you know, all these projects you right. started and like, you don't finish. Right. And it's, But I, can I jump back to the part where you make it a game? Yeah. That goes back to what I said earlier. It's got to be fun. You've got to enjoy it. So why we always said 90 days and then we make it a lifestyle now is that people can commit to 90 days. Mm-hmm. And 
you have several times during the year when you can do it, you can start at any time. Yeah. And that's the fun part. So like, for example, we ask people typically to set a financial goal, typically to set a health goal because your health is your wealth. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you, you, you set that. So like, and you can just do simple things and then you make it a game. Like in other words, like a lot of people that don't drink water, just start drinking water. Yeah. Start just doing certain things health wise and then they become because then people learn how to I shouldn't get into this in the first call, but you learn how to how to double dip. That's how you get results much quicker. Mm -hmm. So if you just drink water, then all the money that you were spending on drinks, then you saved it. So that's helping your financial goal. Then you take the money you were spending on drinks, put that in investments and then they grow. Then if you're doing that monthly during a time like this, during a volatile time, then that's how you um, get healthy and wealthy at the same time. So yeah. yeah, that's why we make it a game. So it's, so it's fun and you can play together with people. And that's why you want that accountability to be fun. Like you always have rewards when you do stuff that's good and there's always consequences. So that would be really good right now because right now what's happening is I'm, I'm seeing with my kids cause they're home and we're, and, and we're home is that they'll get snacks all the time. They just go downstairs, boom, get a snack, come back upstairs. I think that's a problem in every household right now. <laughs> oh, but, but wait, when you get twins, though, then you get this move on you. Uh, uh, hey, I was in, why I got two bags? Well, this one's from my brother. I go upstairs later on, where's your bag, George? Oh, I don't have a bag. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to do that once. <laughs> so what we do is we say, hey, how's everything going? Hey, did we finish our math? Hey, let's do our workout. Hey, let's do that. And there's rewards, but then there's consequences. Just yeah. so that's good to teach this even to even to your kids because they need to understand there's rewards and consequences. And yeah. and just like just like you do. And 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 the best part and probably one of the biggest takeaways to um, set for life is is that the rewards and consequences and the goals are set by you. So it's not you're not trying to do it, nothing for me. And that's what's probably led to the level of people achieving their goals is you set the goals, you set the rewards, you set the consequences. So what I'm actually doing is I'm teaching you how to train yourself. Yeah. Going back to that. That's all all that I'm doing. I'm I'm training, I'm teaching how to do it. And what happens is you're going to learn these good habits. You're going to teach yourself how to, how to, how how to do it. No different than a baseball player having a great swing. You're going to teach, you're going to learn how to have the perfect swing for you. No different than a golfer, no different than a basketball. You see my PE coming out. You see that PE teacher, no different than having a great shot. Mm-hmm. You're just working on it every day and you're getting consistent and you're accountable and oh, you're having fun doing it. Yeah. And you just get used to it. And it's back to, and it's back to habits because there's habits that um, my parents instilled in me at a very young age. And then I remember how they helped, helped me. Um, I was, um, I'm also treasurer for USA uh, volleyball. And one of the things is uh, I was, I was telling some of that, athletes a story uh, recently, or one of the coaches did, um, he led into it. I was, I, was t- I was telling him about this, is that when I was trying out for one of the U.S. programs and I was younger, you know, like younger, like around 17, I was playing. And my dad used to have us play a drill. It was called the up drill. It's going to repeat it again. It's called the up drill. And what happened was we would just, he would throw the ball low and then me and my twin brother, we'd keep the ball up. We'd keep the ball up. We didn't want to hit the ground. My dad said, don't let the ball hit the ground. Always keep it up. So this is volleyball, so we want to keep the ball up. So then we've been doing this from a, at a very young age. Anyway, so I'm trying out for one of the teams. And we're all in a gym, and then the head coach walks over. And uh, there's a coach at Penn State at the time. There's also a coach at Pepperdine. Anyway, so they come over, and they're standing there. 
and assistant coach at uh, Pepperdine, he's standing there, they have a ball and they're talking and they said, hey, gentlemen, and he said, everybody come over here and just stand and we're all standing there. All the, a lot of the athletes are playing there and the coaches are standing there. Then there's the courts over there and he says, hey, we're going to do this. He starts explaining what drills we're going to do. Then one of the coaches got ready to drop the ball on the ground and it was muscle and it was just a reflex because my, my dad used to do it. And, and he, he got ready to drop the ball and I went like this and hit the ball up in the air. And then he goes, what are you doing? I said, sir, I'm sorry. I was raised never let the ball hit the ground. He stopped, looked at me and said, go stand over there on that gym right over there. So let you know I, got, I was on the team like, <laughs> he's yeah. a sir. He's a young man. Go stand over there. Go stand on that court right over there. All right. Now everybody else I saw, he started reading the list. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. what, what was that that just happened? That's a habit that my, that was instilled in me at a very young age. And let me just ask you a question. If you were on a um, volleyball team or on a team and someone said they were trained never to let the ball hit the ground, if you were playing football and the person said, I, I don't stop running until I, I was told never to stop running until I get in the end zone, kind of go ahead, put them on your team. You know? <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you have an employee yeah. that says, I'm sorry, I don't, I, don't, I don't stop until I complete what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to make sure everyone's greeted correctly. I just, I was raised that way. I told like now I'm I'm with the I wear gloves when I go place now because I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm I'm gonna hold. I know we're social distancing, but I have to hold the door for you. So I'm gonna do the kid and play. So I'm holding it with my foot, but I'm trying to stay six feet away. You know what I can? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you understand it's the habit. So we want you successful people. We have successful habits. Godly yeah. people. We have godly habits. Let's just do them together. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, I think that's uh, the main topics that we wanted to cover today. Uh, so I guess um, we can close out with the, what's the last word that you would give people, uh, you know, word of encouragement or something that you've been thinking about this week that, you know, would be helpful to people. I think I'm going to go with what you've already said. Don't freeze. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is that we want an action and we already, we already walked through everything um, today is that we want to have a plan. We want to prioritize what's our what's our goals, and then we'll walk through set for life and doing that later. And, and then also be prepared to pivot. What you were doing mm-hmm. before may be a little bit different, but let's have, but let's do it. And then yeah. also let's do it together. We're a family, you yeah. know. So let's let's do it together. Let's do it together. Yeah, I think in in later episodes we're going to drill a little more into that whole idea of pivoting and what does that mean? How do you? Uh, make changes when you've been go- going for so long in a particular direction. Uh, we have a lot of good stuff around um, just practical things around how to make changes with money, how to make changes with the way that um, you get things done. I know one of the things, uh, you know, just to close out uh, for me that I've learned from you is uh, like to be a finisher, how to, um, whenever I have projects that are kind of hanging out there, I, it, it bothers me because I know that uh, either it's not something that it's important anymore to do, so I should close it out, or I got to just push through and get that thing done. Uh, right. So, yeah. So thanks a lot for joining us today, That's Jules. That's perfect. Um, I am looking forward to doing a lot of these because I think they're going to bless a lot of people, um, and you have a lot to share. So I'm looking forward to kind of pulling it out of you for other people. Yeah.